ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a new episode of the Busted Header Podcast. I am Chris, aka Not the Fake Webby, and I'm joined as always by Jake, aka Hal, aka Hal Burdius. Uh, a new, not another. It's always been another episode. Now it's a new. We're we're changing all of the things here. I had a reason for that, which is because we're having a little bit of a different format, and I don't want to jump in real quick, but I just wanted to make note of that. Um, we're going to do kind of a like a diary like of the trade deadline. Uh, this is being recorded at 9 o'clock on Wednesday, the night before the deadline. We're going to try and record another quick like thing tomorrow, and then another one hopefully this weekend with kind of a summary and get it all out to you. So uh, You'll probably see it all together. It'll be a little weird. Jake's got to cut it all together. I'm looking forward to that. But let's jump in. Yeah, so if the uh, if the audio levels are a little different from pod to pod or whatever, like I'm not going to overproduce <laughs> this thing. Yeah. Uh, which, given yeah. the fact that like there are people out there who charge, oh, I don't, they don't charge money, but like they make money off their podcast and they like just sit in the squeaky chair or like they have microphones that sound like they're coming through a phone line and they're not coming through a phone and i'm just like okay guys i you make me feel bad about like actually like balancing the levels on my podcast because (laughs) we have like double digit listenership and (laughs) like we don't charge or we don't have ad money and (laughs) yeah we're not getting paid for this but that's for sure (laughs) some of some of the like uh, most casual podcasts we have in like the pitters pistons like twitter sphere are better produced than people on like podcast networks it's wild to me yep okay let's jump in because we got a lot to cover we do so we're going to start out recap um since we last talked uh let's see we played the timberwolves we lost we played the celtics we lost uh we played the timberwolves again we lost we played the mabs we lost does that cover it yeah 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 yeah. uh the less said about the mavs game especially the better (laughs) that one was ugly you do have something you wanted to talk about Let's jump in. Two things. That. Two things we want to talk about. Let's Two, let's that's off brand. We did three. We used to do three things. We haven't done three things in all season. It's fine. I see three things in this list, so let's, let's start with one. That's yeah, two and a half at best. <laughs> so the, we're gonna start with number three. <laughs> no, sorry, that's two and a half. Wait, <laughs> the second point five two two point five. Uh Basically, we've been monitoring this all season, but like Jeremy and Sadiq well, suck for each other. Like when, this when is just <laughs> awful to watch. Uh, I pulled the data. So the data I'm about to read matches basically verbatim with what things were uh, prior to Jeremy's injury. Since he's come back. So the I pulled this, I think, before the Mavs game. I think it's four games. Uh, Sadiq Bay, when Jeremy Grant is on the court, net rating, negative 12. Sadiq Bay, when Jeremy is off the court, net rating, 7.4. That is a 19.4 on-off difference for uh, the Sadiq Bay-Jeremy Grant pairing. Not so good. That's really, really terrible. Sadiq's field goal percentage drops. Uh, his his true shooting percentage drops by 13 points. Uh, his usage is actually fairly stable. Um, but, like, uh, his rebounding drops 
Um, his assists drop a little bit. Like and, everything gets worse when when they're on the floor together. Everything. And this has be been true for months. Is this for the entire year? Or do you say for the last four games? Last couple games. I wonder how much of it also to play devil's advocate has to do with there being no Cade Cunningham on the floor. And Sadiq was doing a little bit better when he was Sadiq's role should be even bigger, and he should be seeing more touches and more playmaking touches. Yes, he should be getting more touches and whatnot, but when you don't have Cade Cunningham, the number one overall pick, someone that everyone knows to game plan for and watch out for, it's a little uh, different. Which game? I don't... Was it last game? Uh, was it the Mavs game? The there Mavs was a game lost. where he had six assists in like the first like quarter and didn't get any for the rest of the game because Jeremy Grant started taking all the fucking shots. He had six in the first half, four in the first quarter. That's what you mean. Yeah. Like, but yeah. Just, it's a problem. I, I don't know like what the full diagnosis is. Uh, you know, like, I think there's certainly something to be said for like he's being defended by small forwards instead of power forwards, and maybe the you know there's a little bit there. Uh, certainly, he's like not getting the ball. Um, he's getting the ball a lot more on catch and shoot looks than he is on like the ability to like actually drive. You know, they're more terminal uh, looks. Mm-hmm. So you know, if he's missing his threes, I think that doesn't help him uh, compared to when he's able to drive and get to the line and work like that. But also, just like Jeremy is a ball stopper like it's very just much so. like and it's very evident <laughs> it's very evident it's very evident that when you replace Cade Cunningham with Jeremy Grant the ball doesn't move as well uh yeah. I think it's very evident that like the rebounding stuff like when Jeremy is on the floor he doesn't rebound and mm-hmm. so you're you have your small forward who normally has like leak out responsibilities is now coming in to rebound and from different areas and, like th- it's just, this is one of those things where it's like, people, you know, we're, we're in the trade deadline. People see this and, the, and they tell me, Jeremy's good. Jeremy's good for this team. He's going to help us win. And it's like, he's not. He's not helping you win. And more importantly, he's not helping your, like, second, third most important young player, like, mm-hmm. progress. <laughs> That's really bad. That's a bad yep. thing. Yep. But enough about the bad on Jeremy, because... It's the trade deadline. We got to talk good about him. He might not be on the Pistons when we record the next half of this podcast. Talk about I hope the good. Not. Uh, I would say the the one good positive that's come is he has had a couple of like really good passing flashes, and it's basically the only positive that's come out of the last couple of games. Um, a couple of like reads where like they were some like premeditated manipulation going on, which is nice from Jeremy. They're basically the only passes he's ever done that for. Uh, and like, they're like three of them in the last week. So, uh, I guess that was worth highlighting, but not much. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be the one that I was saying was the half was <laughs> Jeremy yeah. has made a good pass or two in the four games back. Yeah. All right. Talk about what you want to talk about. I know what you want to be here for. We got the killing game. <laughs> I, I'm, I was so excited. Five of seven from the floor. One of one for three. I have fucking screenshots that show space in between his toe <laughs> and the line. I Like, what the fuck are we doing? Give my man a three-pointer. Like, he's struggling so bad these last couple weeks. Give him a three-pointer. It's so important. Uh, Every ten percentage points, counts. Ten points, uh, three rebounds, eight assists, two stocks. He did have three turnovers and four fouls. I don't give a shit. 
about those. Uh, <laughs> that's totally normal anyway. Eight to three is a fine ratio. Um, like multiple right-handed finishing attempts, one of which gets blocked by just like a really good rotation from uh, um, who's their backup center? Minnesota's backup center. Uh, Nas Reed? Nas Reed. There you go. So one of them was just like a really good block from Nas Reed, but like Killian like made an intentional move left, gather over to the right, scoop to the right. Like he's never done that before. And then he follows it up with the the left side of the rim scoop with the right hand. Uh, like the next half, uh, we get the like multiple, like actually beating his man to the rim lay-ins, uh, we're seeing dribble combinations. We're seeing him like actually try and sauce people up the way he did in Europe. Like that was uh, just such an awesome, like confidence-inspiring game to watch because that was Killian, you know, for like five minutes and just like a, a perfect five minutes, like actualized as the player we've been hoping to see this whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. Just absolutely ecstatic to see it. Absolutely ecstatic for him to see it because he's needed a confidence boost. Uh, it's still really obvious that he is, like, the best perimeter defender on the team. Uh, like, I try not to clip negative defensive things because I think most people know that, like, there are bad defenders. But, like, watching Frank Jackson guard the same guy that Killian Hayes was just guarding is, like, horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, it's really bad. And heaven forbid Hamadou Diallo gets involved. Uh, so yeah, I just still basking in that glow, even after he had a rougher game against, uh, against, um, the Mavericks. The Mavs. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> no one was really, no one was really looking at, uh, Killian directly there in his eight turnovers because there was a lot of bad all around. Okay. I got to fight people on this too. Killian gets, gets credited with some turnovers there. First of all, like the first turnover of the game is a lob to Isaiah Stewart. The lob connects with Isaiah Stewart's hand two feet away from the rim at rim level. Even Isaiah Stewart can catch this lob. It's not, oh, he lobbed it over his <laughs> bit. Like, I'm sorry, that's Isaiah Stewart's fault. You are mm-hmm. a big man with an open lane to the rim. You did not roll hard enough. You did not set your feet up enough to launch and, and like collect this thing. That is a perfectly placed pass that he did not get to. Uh, you Like... Uh, two more of the turnovers are uh, him wrapping a pass around to Kelly Olynyk in the paint, who is currently like so stiff that he can't bend down to pick up a bounce pass that goes right past his hips. Uh, <laughs> like they go in the stat sheet as Killian Hayes turnovers, but you, if you are watching the game, you have to assign those and understand that those are on the big men. Those are not mm-hmm. bad decisions. They are not poorly executed passes. They did not go off somebody's foot they did not like those are uh, a failure on the big man the same way when like we've seen a quarterback whip a pass at a, a receiver and the receiver tips it and it gets intercepted like that that's on the receiver like you got to catch the pass yeah <laughs> it, like we uh i it was pretty frustrating to me actually that everyone was like oh killian had eight turnovers and I, you go back and watch and it's like okay he had four because uh, the one of the other turnovers was an offensive, it was like a pass and crash charge call where the defender is literally running directly at Killian and never even like tries to establish himself as a charge taker. It's like, what the fuck? That's not how the rule works. Uh, ref just like ignored that completely. I would have challenged that immediately. 
uh, personally, because Frank Jackson, I think, made the three. Um, yep. So, anyway, like, just a, a general complaint there of, like, we have to be better at looking at the nuance of a play and not just grading people from the box scores because if you, I mean, if, you if your takeaway was eight, was Killian had eight turnovers, you you weren't watching. Yeah, I don't. I hate turnovers as a stat because there's so much nuance that doesn't get included in it. It's the same way like someone may not get a lot of steals, but they cause a lot of deflections that someone else takes a steal. So, well, for example, nobody got mad at Corey Joseph. I, my timeline was completely silent. When Corey Joseph oh. dribbled into the paint and threw up a hook shot over his shoulder that was uh, that landed under the rim, and like we we weren't sure whether like you're you're not sure to count it as a missed uh, missed shot attempt <laughs> or a failed lob to Isaiah Stewart who was like in the intentional grounding range of the of the lob, but like my timeline is silent. Uh, Porque like, no los dos. <laughs> and it's just like okay, guys, if we're so mad that Killian Hayes like. Threw a lob to Isaiah Stewart that went off his hand. Why is my timeline not exploding at Corey Joseph, the like veteran thirty-year-old point guard, for whipping an over-the-shoulder lob come shot at the rim? I don't know. The, yeah. the double standards are wild to me there. Yeah, I did skip last night's game, but I did manage to find that one either on social don't media or on some highlights. Yeah, I don't plan on it. <laughs> don't watch that game. It was, that was not on my list of things. It to do. was terrible. Yeah, uh, Luka Doncic, do. you can watch his highlights because they were glorious. He's awesome. Luka Man, is so fucking good. I watched Luka shoot a three from like half court, which was ridiculous. Yes. Uh, I, Lu- I Luka I remains the Luka. player, like by far my biggest I told you can so, we, which is hilarious. Can we take our victory lap on that right now? Because I was there as well. Constantly, constantly just lapping everyone. Uh, How was he the third pick? It's like... Is Amazing. what's a bigger not to spoil anything ahead, but what's a worse Kings move? The trade they made yesterday or passing on Luka Doncic? There is a right answer. Oh, easily Luka Doncic. Uh, exactly. Like, Thank you. Like, uh, the excuses you heard in that draft for like why he wasn't good enough are ridiculous. Hilarious. They were hilarious Insane. at the time. They are still hilarious. Uh, every single one of you that said anything bad about Luka Doncic was wrong. The funny thing is, like, he's been worse in the NBA than he was in Madrid. Like, he's mm-hmm. gotten sloppy because he, like, got he's away got with a lot of shit. Uh, like, he's not cutting and playing defense the way he did in Madrid. Like, if you looked at any of his film from Madrid and thought he was going to be anything less than what he is now, you are an idiot and you should not be voicing your opinions. And, like... I don't need to couch that at all. Yeah, uh, it's like Trey Young turned out to be a decent player, so too has DeAndre Ayton. I mean, obviously Bagley is what he is. Still, there's no explainable reason why they were picked before or instead of Luka Doncic. But I digress. Yeah, alright. We gotta get uh, a rundown of the trades that have already happened uh, as of today, so that come tomorrow, we can talk about hopefully much more important things. Uh... You want to get us started here? Maybe we'll trade off line by line here. Yep, sure thing. So the first, we're trying to go fast. Uh, so the first one, uh, the Cavs get Rajon Rondo, the Lakers get draft rights. So someone who I don't care about, I took that out. <laughs> and the Knicks got Denzel Valentine, which they proceeded to waive, and now he's on the Celtics G League team. And other the draft rights, I don't care. 
They got like to the four different claws. draft rights in that. And I'm just like, why? Why <laughs> did the Knicks get four different draft rights? I, I digress. Know. I don't know. Uh, so then, uh, and that one. was early January. So yep. uh, the day, a day later, the Jazz trade our old buddy Cash Considerations. To Cash the money, bitches! Uh, the Thunder collect both a 2028 <laughs> second round pick. Uh, just just a, a moment here to say we are old as shit. We are trading 2028 20, picks. I remember playing hey, NBA hey, 2K and not Sam being able to trade Presti. past 2020. Sam Presti is trading for 2028 20, picks. Also, I've been playing 2K a lot longer than that. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> I, well, I think the first year I played was, was 2013... 2014 it was whatever the first one on the ps4 was uh you've played I'm longer playing... than i have for sure you because you played on the ps2 versions so i'm trying to see how far back we go here it was either 13 or Dolphins 14 2k7 2k6 i mean we're playing i didn't have 2k6 yikes 2k5 with ben on the cover that was a great one i bought that literally because i saw ben on the cover <laughs> i did not play the first one 2k4 but 2k5 and onwards i'd played isn't it kind of crazy that like they only started in 2004? It's kind of wild when you think about it. It's been that long, but also like so many years where we could have had 2K and we didn't. Yep. All right. Um, also, Mie Oni, uh, shooting guard, was in that, went to the Thunder. Um, all right. You got the next one? All right. Next pick uh, or next trade. This was a fun one. Uh, so the Knicks got Cam Reddish, who they had proceeded to not use because... <laughs> Tibbs doesn't like Cam Reddish. Because Tibbs was like, why the fuck are you trading for Cam Reddish? <laughs> Who the fuck is this? You're going to sit in this bench. Uh, they also got Solomon Hill, which I want to check. I want to see if he's played more minutes than Cam Reddish. Um, and then they also got a 2025 second round pick from Brooklyn uh, that could be bad or could be good. No one really knows. Uh, the Hawks got Kevin Knox, which I didn't, I didn't, didn't hate this trade for the Hawks. And a protected 2022 first round pick from Charlotte. You you didn't hate that for the Hawks, didn't hate because that. they got I'm, Kevin Knox. I'm well that in the first round pick, and I didn't like Cam Reddish. Okay, I feel like we went over that before. Uh, Cam Reddish has played fifty minutes. Uh, Kevin Knox played a hundred and eleven minutes, and I am not even seeing <laughs> Solomon Hill get waved. <laughs> Solomon Hill, he may have been waved. Yeah. R.I.P. to Solomon Hill. Not great for him. Uh, so, uh... Oh, how did I get this one? I'm sad. <laughs> the the Nuggets get your boy Bryn Forbes. Uh, the Spurs receive Juancho Hernan Gomez, a 2028 second round pick via Denver. And some cash. Cash and money records. The Boston Celtics receive Bull Bull and B.J. Dozier. Uh, I thought remember this was that a... name Herman Gomez. He will come up later. Yes, I thought this was a good get for Denver. Bryn Forbes makes a lot of sense, and they Phenomenal gave up very much nothing for him. So, yep. Also, I want to note to close up that last section. Solomon Hill did get waived uh, within five days after the trade. Excellent. Good for him. I think. All right. Now we start to get to some of the more fun trades. Uh, this one happened, we jump ahead to February 4th. Uh, the Trailblazers got Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and the Pistons' 2025 second-round pick. 
So the Clippers got Norman one? Powell. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> the Clippers got Norman Powell, Rocco, and the rights to win this trade because that was a slaughter. Uh, yeah, that is like terrible. Like Powell's contract isn't great, but like the Rocco contract is not great, no. has been traded for like multiple first round picks in the past. Powell tra- is the, probably the worth a first round traded pick. for two. It was ridiculous. Uh, right. So they overpaid to get him, and get, coming back is a guard that's washed, a forward that the league doesn't care about. A second round pick that might be okay, but will still probably be like 35th at like best case. And Keon Johnson, who's good, but like he, you're hoping he turns into Norman Powell. Yeah. Uh, so just a like embarrassing trade for Portland, to be honest with you. I didn't think they had to do this. I didn't think they needed to make the, the cap dump that this is, yeah. uh, like they better fucking this. win something in free agency with this money. Or, like, my, fill it with another star. My favorite thing about this trade is that Roku is up for a contract next year. Obviously, Norman Powell has that pretty good-sized contract. I cannot wait to see how much luxury tax Balmer is going to be Balmer's paying. going to be putting up, like, $400 like million in luxury tax. Just like It's going to be insane. And Coffee's got... He's a restricted free agent. He might get a decent offer sheet, like... I think Ibaka's probably gone. Like, they're going to be doling out some money. So, yeah. All right, you're up next. Your boy. All right. The uh, Cleveland Cavaliers get Karis LeVert, a 22, uh, 2022 second-round pick via Miami, so probably not a gonna great one. Going to be the one. 60th pick. I like my heat. Okay. Uh, that's a strong <laughs> take. Uh, the Pacers are going to, uh, well, they have received Ricky Rubio, a uh, lottery-protected 22 first-round pick, a 22 second-round pick, and a 22 second-round pick, uh, Houston and Utah's seconds. Um, I did not realize there was a Houston pick going there. That's spicy. Yeah, so they get the like 33rd pick in the draft, I think, right now. So, pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was a clear win for the Pacers, to be honest with you. Lavert has not played well for them this year. Didn't click. Uh, that team is a mess. The Pacers, they desperately need to figure out a new identity. Uh, well, Carlisle doesn't... <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> uh, ...seem to uh, know what he wants to do yet, clearly, because, you know, we'll get there. Uh, so this was a good uh, a good move, I think, for the Pacers. Rubio's money comes off. They get quite a bit of... Uh, of draft capital, I thought that I liked this a lot for Indiana, and I think it's mm-hmm. fine for Cleveland. Like Levert, yeah, I liked it for both sides. Is, is hate... a pretty good, uh, like just a good rotation wing for them. So I thought that yeah. I, this is probably the best trade we've seen in this whole list so far. <laughs> I would say so. Um, all right, moving on to the next one. This is the one that has taken up the biggest amount of room on this sheet because it's ridiculous how much is going on with it. All right, so the simple part. The Pelicans get C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell. The Trailblazers get Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, Nikhil, Alexa- Nikhil Walker-Alexander. Wait, is that? You got that backwards. Is that on the right? Yeah, it's, it's Alexander Walker. Sheet. Whoever, I copied this from on Reddit, did a bad job. Uh, here's a fun one. Didi Luzada. I think I pronounced that right. Luzada, but yeah, sure. 
2022 projected pick from the first round pick from the Pelicans, which I believe tw- is five to yeah, that's a 17. weird one. It's one of those where they've it's, traded it twice. So the there's high prote- yeah. protections, low protections, and then if they win the lottery, like one through four, uh, New Orleans keeps it. So I can't remember who yeah. else it's going to. I, maybe the Lakers? the Hornets. I think it's the Hornets. Hornets. Okay. I think it's the Hornets in the in the Devante Graham trade. Oh, over the offseason, sign and trade. I think that's it. Okay. Um, and they also have a <laughs> I don't I don't I don't get this one a 2026 second round pick swap with the Pelicans and the Trailblazers, and then the same thing in 2027. Why? Why? That's Who is just... sitting there like, I need two second round pick swaps? Why was I... the Trailblazers on the phone waiting for that? That's great. I'm going to start adding second round pick swaps to all of my NBA 2K trades. <laughs> it's just like a, it's just like a, just an excellent, like this this asset has like uh, a trade value of like 15% of a first round pick. This asset has a trade value of fourteen percent of a first round pick. Let's swap them. <laughs> like just mm. the most useless stuff. Uh, New Orleans wins this pretty handily for me. I don't think it's like all that close. Yeah, because uh, the fact that they only gave up one first round pick and this is amazing. They give up one for, for like I like Josh Hart a lot. I don't think uh, I'm a big Nikhil Alexander Walker yeah. fan, but like uh, he's been bad for them. Uh, Sadoransky is like just a guy. Uh, I, I actually kind of like Sato, but he's just a guy. I like he Josh a Hart guy. a lot, but he's also like the upper limit of just a guy. Uh, <laughs> like Josh Hart, is, I like Josh Hart. I don't. I don't. I I do hate. too. I really like Josh Hart, yeah. but like Josh Hart's like budget Sadiq Bay. Like the like there's not. He doesn't like. I'm not winning something because I got Josh Hart. No, uh, no one's jumping up and down because they got Josh Hart, but. I think it's someone who the he's, fan base will probably he's, like because he's, he's a good really fun to have as the fifth starter in your lineup. That's great, uh, good yeah. for you. But he's not like winning you anything. So, uh, like nothing of note really goes to the Portland side. This is mostly about money again. Uh, meanwhile, New Orleans gets a good guard, a legitimately good guard, something they haven't had in a while. Somebody who can actually self-create mm-hmm. and stuff. Also, well, they had Drew Holiday. Hold on. <laughs> Drew Holiday Drew. isn't a self-creating guard, though. Drew Holiday is like an awesome connector and a guy like a bully. I can argue. But I like, think he could. Drew Holiday is not going to sauce not the somebody. Same way CJ McCollum. Like no, it's just but not the same at all. He's not shooting pull up threes. You're Drew a little short. No, I love Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is my favorite archetype of player. I love yeah. Drew Holiday a lot, but he is not like you. You don't build your offense around what Drew Holiday does with the you ball in his hands. Know. You do that with CJ McCollum. Uh, and also, you get Larry Nance Jr. And if Larry Nance Jr. is healthy, that he's was a like key awesome. Difference. <laughs> an awesome yeah. fit next to Zion. An awesome fit next to Brandon Ingram. Uh, I, I think don't know if he can awesome play with both of them. Zion's but out. like, yeah, uh, just like is a he had, huge. I think he's on a one-year deal as well. So I think I think that's kind of like a Zion, like, just placeholder. Well, <laughs> I would be bringing him back unquestionably. Uh, Take it back. He's on a two-year deal. Oh, no, I'm definitely bringing him back. Like, but. I mean, I don't know how much he's going to make because of the injuries, but if you don't have to pay him, like, more than 15 to $20 million a year, like, I love Larry Nance Jr. Right uh, now they're paying him 10 mil, so. And yeah. that's a two-year deal that's somehow going down in value. 
I would be really hoping to get him back for like 14 to 16 range, and I'd be ecstatic about that. Assuming he doesn't have any like long-term health stuff that's... I don't know. That's the thing. It's like I want to have him as like a Zion insurance policy, but I can't really trust him either no, in the health they could department. Very well, both end up on your bench. Yeah. So maybe maybe we'll see if he gets moved again next year at the trade deadline. Uh, All right. Here's the banger of the uh, of the week so far. Uh, Kangs. One of the most baffling trades. One of the ones where you saw it, and it this is like full trading Boogie Cousins in the middle of the All Star game. Baffling. Uh, because it could only this... be the Sacramento Kings that pull this bullshit off. Yeah. Uh, the Sacramento Kings... The one fan base, or the one organization that makes the Pistons look a little bit better. Spectacular. At least we're not the Kings. We look squeaky clean next to the Sacramento Kings. They have a history going back literally the entire history of the league. They are one of the earlier teams of the league, and they have been shit for the entire time. <laughs> they got... They were good for like one small stretch with the Page Chris Webber team, and they got robbed by the refs. And they said, "Fuck it, we're never gonna play good again." And even that's that team, it. that's all, was not winning a finals. They were just maybe gonna sneak past a a, a Lakers squad that was playing kind of poopy basketball for the that series. See, I'm fine eviscerating the Kings. I don't want to do that to them. I'm, I'm not. not I'm not dissing. I'm not dissing that squad. It's a good team. They were not a finals caliber team. You can make a case about uh, a lot no, of different teams. I'm not, buy, I'm not buying that. But uh-huh. uh, the the Kings get DeMontis Sabonis, who is a the good big player. The the free agency, or the a, trade deadline here. A, a, a good player, but like not a superstar by not any means. Not someone you want to pair with Richard Holmes. Rashawn. Rashawn, sorry. Uh, they also get Jeremy Lamb. Who's like a fine guy, I guess. And they get uh, Justin Holiday. They got him twice for a minute there. They got a clone Jeremy Lamb at one point in time. Uh, Woj gave them two Jeremy Lambs, so good for them. Uh, and a second round pick because, you know, uh, it's yeah. definitely Indiana this that had to throw in the sweeteners here. Uh, like I said like I said on Twitter, that was definitely Indiana being like, will you accept this now if we gave you a second rounder? And please, the Kings are like, well, I can't turn that down. Please, please hit yes. Please select the yes option on your dialogue immediately. Uh, they sent like three trades, and they're just hoping so, one of them gets picked. So the Pacers, they they give up uh, Tristan Thompson. Okay. Uh, Buddy Heald. All right. He's been asking out for a while. Okay. Buddy. That's that's like it, right? That, nothing else smooth. No, fucking Tyrese Halliburton, the best player on the Kings by a significant margin, goes the other way. The Literally the guy, the one guy, the whole time he's been there, who gets up on a press conference at the table and says, I'm going to fix Kings. (laughs) He pulls a Kanye. (laughs) I'm going to fix Kings. And then you get rid of him because we do not want fixing. We want to remain the Kings. They heard that and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what we do around here. We do not do Good they lose, basketball. we do that. <laughs> we do the Lions. Just you get the fuck out of here. One of the most insane trades I've ever seen. Because you can't be any more clueless. Like, they did not get good return on the Boogie Cousins trade. Uh, especially because they squand... Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Bogdan Bogdanovich is... Uh, it's Yeah, it's Bogdan, not Bogdan. Bogdan. Yep. Uh, 
Bogdan is like a good player. He ended up being a good player uh, that like would have gotten them something in a sign and trade or whatever. But like they couldn't even get that fucking right. <laughs> that was so weird because I remember I remember leading up to it, everything I heard was the Kings really like Bogdan. Like they're gonna re-sign Bogdan, trade for Buddy Heald. They he want to get rid of Buddy like Heald. The Kings. What? I was so confused, and then he's like, "Ah, he's gone." <laughs> what? But like. You have squandered everything, but like at least mm-hmm. with the Boogie Cousins trade, at least you get rid of a guy who was clearly not good for you anymore. Just like wasn't working. I would argue it's the organization that wasn't working, but I'm a big Boogie stan. Like, like it just like it's not that Boogie was bad. It was just like the Boogie Kings fit was clearly gone, dead in the water, done. Do this is your best player, him. the man that is like. In the photo of, like, Jesus, and Jesus is like, this is what I worship as a Kings fan, and it's Tyrese Halliburton. Like, this has been the guy that your entire, like, fan base's hopes are latched onto, and you just get rid of him. And, like, I'm not trying to make it sound like he's a much better player than Demondis Sabonis, because that's not the case. He might eventually be that. I don't don't actually think Tyrese has... Like, and I'm a huge Tyrese guy, but, like, I don't think he has an ability to, like, take a couple more leaps. Like, I don't, I don't think he's got that in him right now. Uh, just because, like, his shot is still not one he can shoot off the dribble quickly. Like, there's just lots of little things wrong with Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's... But he's but, a like, good that's, basketball player. Like, he's got the foundation. Like, I, I love Tyrese Halliburton. I just, like, what he is right now is already really valuable. It's fine if he never becomes anything more than what he is right now. You're still, <laughs> like, got, like, your second or third best player. That's fine. But, like... It's what he means to you emotionally <laughs> that you traded away. And I don't think anybody is looking at this going, Demontis Sabonis is going to revolutionize the Kings. He's going to be so much better for them than Tyrese Halliburton. You don't know it. Like, nobody is doing that. I have yet to see a Kings fan who's like, oh my God, we got Demontis Sabonis. I, I, this is the one. This is the one. I was planning this. I was in the trade machine. This is what I cooked up. I cooked up the Demontis for Tyrese trade. It worked out just fine. Nobody was doing this. What the fuck? I don't... Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I... I, I it, baffling. Just utterly baffling. Uh, I, I well, feel so bad reason, for Kings fans. So, the only reason, in my opinion, that the Kings made this deal was especially based on the time that it was made, the fact that the Pacers threw in a second rounder, which I... We still think is weird, was that they know they have to make the playoffs this year because if they do not, they will be the longest streak of postseason droughts. They desperately want to get into the postseason, and Sabonis was probably the best current basketball player in the NBA at that time, and they did everything to get that deal done and didn't realize what they were giving up. Well, moved on didn't realize i'm sure they realized what they were giving away but they're like we need to get this deal done because we need to make the playoffs we don't want to be the worst well i mean they are the worst franchise but don't want to have the worst streak of no postseasons in nba history Mm. Mm. that's the only rationale i can think very interesting is they're like we need to make the playoffs who can get us to the playoffs sabonis can get us to the playoffs i disagree with that premise first off because the west still has some pretty so, decent teams so let me just but... let me just clarify 
Your argument in favor of this trade is that the king's front office are idiots. Let me be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what we know. <laughs> your your no. argument in favor of this trade is the king's looked at this and said, you know what's better? I'm you know what's better? We have five, and we're going to get three, and that's better. And, like, no. <laughs> Just, like, not better. Not better at all. I, The fit is terrible. Like, yep. the we've seen the very best situation for Sabonis as, a, as like, a partnership with a, another five, with, with uh, Miles Turner. Like, mm-hmm. Miles Turner shoots threes and defends the fuck out of the rim and lets Sabonis do whatever Sabonis wants to do. Rashawn Holmes is a good player, but he is not that fit. Uh, This is going to be awkward as hell. Uh, (laughs) Like, I'm going to be... Like, I kind of expect... Like, maybe we see Rashawn Holmes moved, because I don't get how you pair the two of them long-term. This It boggles my mind here, because, like, Buddy Heald, I thought, could have gotten them something that would have maybe made a difference and, and done, you know, gotten them to the playoffs. Like, I thought maybe the Buddy Heald plus maybe their pick could have gotten them something interesting. But this was... I would say so. Like, wild. This, this is ridiculous. Alright, you can hit the next line on the thing. Alright. Before I go this one again. See if you remember these names. The Utah Jazz got Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Juanacho Hernan Gomez. Juancho. The trail blue. D- d- just... Uh, yeah. Wanacho? I don't have the flavor that to say one. That sounds exceptionally racist. I'm trying to say, <laughs> I don't have the flavor to get this done. I'm sorry. The Portland Trailblazers got Joe Ingles. I can say that name. And Elijah Hughes. And a 2022 second round pick via Memphis. Probably not going to be that great. Um, and then the Spurs also were involved and got Thomas Sadoransky because Spurs are going to get European players. Um, and the 2027 the most second round pick possible player in this trade. I don't... I don't know why the Spurs are here. I'm sure it's just a salary thing. Sato's, like we said earlier, he's a guy. It's not terrible. He can be a rotation guy. Don't know why the Spurs need him, but... Because Wancho was the Spurs guy, right? Wancho came from the... Uh, yeah. He went from, he the, came nuggets, earlier nuggets from the Nuggets trade. to yeah. the Spurs. Now, the interesting thing here is that uh, these guys are recently traded player exceptions. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, they all have to be like traded for like equal value. You can't aggregate their salaries because they're recently traded players. So I'm not entirely sure how the math works out on this one. If they're gonna have to like actually register it as a couple separate deals or what? But because uh, this is I'm just wrapping. Up I am the in, messenger. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, like they've already played. This isn't part of the Nuggets deal. So uh, just an interesting one there. But like this is, I had people in my mentions today yelling because. I mentioned uh, um, the the Knicks are thinking to move Reddish again because apparently Tom Thibodeau is like, why the fuck did you give me Cam Reddish? Uh, We we went over this earlier. So people are like, oh, uh, you know, just in case anybody was wondering, Cam Reddish might be back on the market. And everyone was like, Cam Reddish back to the Pistons because some people really freaking love Cam Reddish. I'd like, sure, I'll give you Josh Jackson for him. Yeah, that would be a phenomenal trade. Don't know why Uh, they do it, but... But, like, uh, I was like, hey, just so you know, recently traded players, you they cannot be bundled with someone. You can get multiple players back 
for him. Yep. He can't be bundled with someone. So, like, in a Jeremy Grant trade, it has to be Jeremy Grant for something else, and then kind of as a separate trade, Reddish for Josh Jackson. And, like, you can balance the value in the Jeremy Grant side of the trade, but, like, you have they have to send back $20 million for Jeremy Grant, plus or minus 25%, and then Reddish gets traded. And, like, people are, like, mad at me in my mentions. They're like, that's, like, a cheat. That's, like, a loophole. And I'm like, yeah, it, it is a loophole. That's how rules work. They have, yeah. like, loopholes and exceptions and... If it's not covered by the rule, you can do it. That's how rules work. Why are we mad at this? I don't I don't get that. But hey, some people are quick to anger about things they're wrong <laughs> about. It's okay. Uh, sure. Uh, anyway, last trade on the docket so far. The Miami Heat. So far. Big one here. A 2026 second round pick from Oklahoma City. A 2023 first round pick of their own uh casey akpala uh goes to the thunder and miami's 2025 first round pick this was actually my understanding is this is adjusting the pick protections on a previous trade uh i don't remember how this works but basically I, miami yeah, wanted they've to agreed, they yeah. agreed to amend it to give more flexibility to trade picks now for the heat right so that is what the I heat see from now my boy because Lowe. they've uh, before their protections required them to hold on to their pick like through 2027 or something uh, because if the pick didn't convey, it would keep rolling. So, like, you are not allowed to trade something uh, that could potentially convey to another team. Like, you have to hold on. It's it's that team's asset until proven otherwise. Um, yep. This, was, this trade was made for two reasons, both by the Heat. One was to get the trade reworked so that they can make more trades sooner. The other thing was to get KZ, KZ Akpala off the books and get under the luxury tax, I believe. Well, and they want they did it. that specifically because they want to pay, uh, I believe it's the Martin twin that's on their team. It's like he has a 10-day that's coming up. So in order yeah. to uh, pay the Martin twin uh, and like actually convert him to a real salary and still stay under the luxury tax, they had to get rid of Kez, uh, KZ's money. So they need mm. to shave a couple thousand dollars so that they can add a couple thousand dollars uh, without making it, you know, you add a hundred thousand dollars but go into the luxury tax and it costs you three hundred grand. So, uh, so to give to more that. specifics on that, it looks like Caleb Martin is their two-way guy. Probably ran out of games. They want to convert him to an actual contract. Yeah, something so. like that. So, um, yep. and I Kyle think Kyle this... is their other two-way, which is dope. I love Kyle guy. Okay, that's a strange one. Uh, the other. Uh, the other wrinkle is I think this opened up their 2025 and 2026 first round picks as like trade eligible. So Miami, I think has been rumored to go after PJ Washington of uh, the Hornets, I think is the name that's being bandied about. So uh, we'll see about that. Yep. Okay. We will see what happens next time. That is the whole list. Uh, for now. For, for you guys, hopefully there is just uh, a little little bit of interlude music and you hear us back again uh but uh webster and i will reconvene tomorrow hello future chris how's it going old chris welcome to the future (laughs) yeah uh 
You know, I, I have to say, I, I promised people a special guest today. Like, I tweeted it out and everything. And then former friend of the program, uh, Parks, decided to ditch us, which is just too damn bad for him. Um, you know, I, I think he I'm had girlfriendly uh, things that are boyfriend uh, issues to tend to. Things he needed to do. Yeah, because because that oh. gender change was not ambiguous in the weirdest way. <laughs> I didn't know how to quite put that. I'm going to be honest. I don't know where I was going with that. We'll leave it in. And that's where we are. We're going to resume right <laughs> where we left off yesterday and just talk about all of these trades. We've got uh, spoiler alert: some Detroit things to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we'll have to end this one with some Detroit things to talk about again. Um, mm-hmm. But we're going to pick it right back up where we left off yesterday. And uh, just chronologically spit these out. You want to start us off? Sure thing. So I will take the exciting first one. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Raptors acquired Thad Young as well as Drew Eubanks, who they, I think, immediately waived, um, as well as the Pistons. hey uh 2022 second-round pick. Going to be quite the good pick there for the Raptors. Um, they sent out Goran Dragic. And a 2022 lottery-protected first-round pick that I think was, like, super specific. Um, so we'll see if that conveys or not. Uh, that went to the Spurs. You know, it's interesting that they waived Eubanks. I thought Eubanks has played kind of well for the Spurs. Um, I think it was a cut the tax. Or, well, no. Must be a roster spot or something. I'm, I just, uh, I'm just grabbing his stats real quick here. Um, I guess he wasn't playing much at all. Just five points, three rebounds. No, four rebounds and an assist for the Spurs in 12 minutes. So, um, I don't know. Nothing special to talk about there. Uh, the, uh, Thad Young is one of those players that's just like, I guess, probably has some value if you're trying to win games. Uh, he's still, sometimes good. I don't know where it's at for the Raptors. So they have a lot of... Similar, like, wings already on their team. See, you know how in NBA 2K now, right, you can, like, take a veteran and make them train your young kids and give them all the badges? Yes. They're just doing that for Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Scotty, I mean, we just need you 2K. to, like, is there a funky-looking hookshot badge? We just need you to get the funky hookshot badge. And is there just, like, a rebounding, even though you're undersized badge, that, you know, the worm badge or whatever? Like, just learn all the badges from Thad Young and we'll worry about the rest later. So I think I think that's part of it. Um, and it looked like I think Dragic was going to get potentially waived, but probably um, most likely it would make sense. But and the, the, and the noise Spurs. is that he would then join Luca in Dallas, uh, which would be a fun the, thing just because to they have need the, more point guards. The Slovenian national team back in action. Uh, they're uh, the Slovenian. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, um, the the national team coach, I believe, is also on the Raptors or the uh, the Maverick staff. So it'd be just like a whole Euros, uh, like twenty seventeen reunion or whatever that was. All right, all right. Next Let's go to trade. The trade of the day. Uh, this is trade. a big one. This is a big one, guys. Uh, <laughs> came through the wire at like two p.m. Something like that. Yeah, uh, it was earlier than that. It was like a noon. Was it? Early one. Okay. I, I'm i not going to lie to you. Early. I was not productive today at work. No. <laughs> I was. There was a lot of like, oh shit, I have stared at Twitter for seven straight minutes. I should be productive. It didn't happen. 
Uh, I was up my Twitter timeline for the first time in a while. That was not good. That's not a good sign during the workday. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so, Sacramento, Detroit, Milwaukee, and the Clippers are all involved in this one. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles have made their way to Sacramento. Uh, Serge Ibaka, a 2022 second-round pick via Cleveland or Golden State, whichever one is worse uh, or lower. Is lower better? I don't know, Reddit guy. Uh, the 2024 second-round pick via Sacramento and cash considerations. Again, cash money records. That's all going to Milwaukee. The Clippers get Semi Ojale and Rodney Hood, and Detroit lands Marvin Bagley III. Um, After the long-rumored arrival of Marvin Bagley. Yeah, so winners and losers here. Are there any big losers? No. I don't I mean, think the there Clippers, is you can argue, You can argue the Clippers didn't really get all, hardly anything for it, but they were just trying to shed money. So you can't call them a loser in this. I think it worked out for pretty much every team. Every team got what they wanted out of this deal. Like, I think this is a good one for Sacramento. DiVincenzo makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, Jackson yep. Lyles I really like will that just like, do basic shit. Uh, the Clippers get Rodney Hood, who I think may still have a little bit of utility. Semi Ojale definitely has like utility. It's not a lot of it, mm-hmm. but like it's fine. Uh, I, I guess the one I'm concerned or curious about is Milwaukee getting Ibaka. I don't know how that's going to work out. Apparently, from what I saw on Reddit, the Bucks were just dying for anyone who's big, because the, Rick Lopez they are played yet this year. Uh, I just like Ibaka's uh, could very Can easily be not good? be the guy. Who knows? Um, he's just he's been hurt and old recently. Um, but the guy we got to talk about, um, and maybe we'll we'll focus in on it even more a little later here, is Marvin Bagley for Detroit. Um, yep. I think we'll Former, probably talk about it a little bit more once we digest it later, but yeah, yeah we can definitely get some quick thoughts in. Yeah, now. so former second overall pick for the Kings, uh, mm-hmm. due for an extension or a uh, free agency uh, thing this year, I think, right? Yep, he uh, is a restricted free agent this offseason, which is some fun qualifying offer stuff as well. Yeah, you want to quick cover that? Um, what, <laughs> as much as I can remember of it, um, so if I remember correctly, um, he has a $14 million qualifying offer potentially. Uh, I'm trying to bring it up. Um, exactly. So, so 14.7. Yeah. If, if he starts, is it 41 games or plays 2000 minutes? I believe Correct. are the, the qualifiers. If not, he has, is it half that as the qualifying Basically. offer? I know. It's I think, about seven. I think Rod had tweeted it out. Yeah. So. I don't. It's not likely that he gets. So to that just just for the record, we are more than halfway through the season. He's coming in basically to replace Trey Lyles, given how many minutes Trey was playing, and Trey had averaged nine hundred, and Bagley is at I think six hundred ish for the Kings already. So like he would have to steal significant minutes over what Trey Lyles was playing. Um, you know, he'd basically have and, to be a starter, yeah. a locked in starter, uh, in order to do this. Uh, you can bet your ass that Detroit is not going to give that to him unless they have literally well, no other choice. They won't give that to him unless he... Uh, I feel like if he plays and like shows it off, like it's not the end of the world if he has a bigger well, qualifying So think offer. about this. He's. So. We can get into more about like who he is as a player. Um, but like Bagley is 
a four five tweener, you know, and one of the t- one guys mm-hmm. where tweener is not really a good thing, unfortunately for him. Uh, but like his biggest areas of weakness are what he does defensively, especially when he's the only five on the floor. So the only way he starts now is if one of Sadiq or Jeremy is hurt or mm-hmm. they start him over Stewart at the five. And I don't see that happening, frankly. Like, I don't expect it to happen it, when it's, if they wanted to try something out. When it shocked me, I don't expect it to be as many starts as he needs to hit that uh, hit that threshold. But yeah, I, I, I kind of go back and forth on what I see out of Bagley, but I don't know. His fit here is interesting with the, the roster that we currently have. And I think we're going to talk about that more once we get more of a chance to think about it, but... Well, and we're going to have to talk about Jeremy stuff at the end. So we'll, we'll save the Bagley talk for the end. Uh, we'll save we'll the Bagley the talk for another stuff, day. But, uh, That's, we, we have plenty of time to talk about Bagley. Well, I've digested Bagley enough. This has been... Not not only was this like well-known to be in the works beforehand, it's been known basically since Troy Weaver arrived that he wanted Marvin Bagley, which... Yeah, um, it's been the whole entire year of negotiating, I think. Is uh, not a great look to be honest, for Troy Weaver. Um, that that was the guy he was fixated on. That's the guy you want to go for? Well, um, we'll see what happens. Hami, he was fixated on, and it worked out, I feel like, okay. So, we'll see what happens. I think yeah. a lot with Bagley depends on what we sign him to this offseason. So, well, a lot I'm can be held that on that. I'm not about that. But, uh, but, overall, I think, to take a flyer on someone who is the number two overall pick, even if we think he should have been a later pick, um, giving up a Josh Jackson who's expiring and a Trey Lyles who wasn't worth anything to your team and two seconds one of which is not going to be good at all and the other one is probably not going to be good but you never know with the Kings like we gave up very like, minimal okay so there to, wasn't to a lot of risk Bagley. here but I do have yeah. to ask like if Marvin Bagley doesn't turn out how much effort has been spent trying to get Marvin Bagley on this team like, given the amount of noise we keep hearing about this for over a year now, literally since Troy took the job, uh, it's been like, oh, the Pistons are calling about Marvin Bagley. And, oh, uh, the Kings have offered Bagley for Sadiq was, like, last year. Like, just, like, how much time has been wasted if Bagley doesn't pan out? Because, like, they they didn't make another trade today that they probably should have made. And... Uh, that point, I agree with, but like, I, how much I'm not gonna is look fixating at, I'm not going to look at Troy's billable impacting hours. That. <laughs> I'm not worried about I'm, his billable hours. I'm worried about the focus on team building and the focus on fit. And, like, Bagley is the jumpy-jump guy that the Pistons need, but he's not good on defense, and, like, there's still a lot of concerns. And, like, no, it's not a big gamble. It's not, it's not a big gamble. We haven't sacrificed a lot of team assets for this, so, like, no big deal there. But just, it's really hard for me to look at this and understand where it fits in the long-term projection for this team. I have, uh, looking at, like, the free agency market for the next couple of years, I have no freaking clue who this team is targeting. No. No idea. <laughs> not, uh, not really at all. Next year, it's basically if you don't get Miles Bridges or uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton, the free agent market is nobody. And the mm-hmm. year after that, it's like if you're not getting uh, like Bradley Beal or like another like a, an absolute stud, uh, you're also 
not getting a whole like these are not good free agent classes to be in and we have no idea what position we're looking for we have no idea uh, what names we're looking at uh, we have no idea what kind of free agent pull we have and we do know that if we don't pull anything in the next two years uh the guys will have to start we'll have to start paying our young guys and we'll run out of cap space so just like it's Here's fine we'll to take these that. gambles the fact that we've been fixated on marvin bagley for a long time is just concerning because it doesn't help me it doesn't provide me any clarity whatsoever i agree with the fixation on bagley has been a little odd to say the least and we'll see if it actually turns out or if it was just Troy was looking at his pet project a little too much to focus on what the main thing is. That that will be determined in the future. But with that being said, like And I'm not I'm not I like the about... opportunity if he was so dead set on seeing what Marvin Bagley can do in a in his team, in his system, I am much happier that he went out and get it at the deadline as opposed to trying to resign or trying to sign him in the offseason. Probably going to have to be going over because he's a restricted free agent to make sure the Kings wouldn't match. Like, this approach, I like that. If you're going to be, like, dead set on this guy is something, we can turn him into something, I'm okay with that, especially not giving up much. We didn't give up a first-round pick, which is what I was worried about. So, I, I'm I okay mean, with... If they'd given up a yes, first-round pick, you should have fired him immediately. Like, <laughs> There's better use of time. I will agree with that, but... I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not, not worried a, about the time, like, in terms of, like, oh, he could have been making these phone calls. I'm worried about, like, are you making decisions and are you thinking about things and framing your decisions in the right way or has things like your fixation on Marvin Bagley affected how you're making those decisions? Were you considering Jeremy Grant trades, you know, and were you considering them in the light of, oh, well, I have to get Marvin Bagley, so I'm not going to do this. That Like, that's a big deal. And it's concerning to me that, like, I can't for sure say that that wasn't happening because this is the only trade, uh, like the only outside name that the Pistons were firmly attached to for like the last year was Marvin Bagley. The mm-hmm. only one. Uh, that's It's just weird and uncomfortable and I don't like it. Um, I agree. It, it, I just, I, right. I really wish I had a better understanding of what Troy was was aiming for in the long run. I have no idea what his preference in this year's draft is. I have no idea what his free agent preference is. I, it's really hard to pin down, and that doesn't make me comfortable, especially when you're doing things like throwing around second-round picks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah. All right. I mean, it is just what he does. I was shocked he had second-round picks. The, <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's him and freaking Ed Stefanski. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ed Stefanski seems to think that second-round picks are things you give to other people when you want favors done. And it's just like... <laughs> They do have some value, and we keep buying them from other people in draft on draft day to get people. So, like, what if we just had the ones we already had? I don't know. Yep. <laughs> All right, next trade. This one <laughs> was pretty boring. <laughs> so the Celtics got a future second-round pick via the Magic. <laughs> we don't know what draft pick it is. It very well could be VAR in the future. Uh, the Magic's got... Magic got PJ Dozier and Bull Bull, both of which I think were already traded from the Nuggets earlier this year. Yes, right. And the um, only reason this works is because they they're uh, not being traded for salary. Yep. Because you can't aggregate they're... salaries. So this is, I guess, um, like because Boston or because Orlando's just like absorbing it into space. 
uh, it doesn't yep, matter. They're, yep, they're absorbing it into space. They're not sending anyone else back, so that's why it fits through. Um, they got also a future second-round pick from the Celtics for their trouble. I don't. <laughs> I wish there's more clarification why they're swapping second-round picks, but because because Boston know, literally has to get something. Yep. So, I, so yeah, it's that. it's it, the only other thing is like, swap? does Boston get money? So you swap well, this. So were... like something has to be on Boston's side of the ledger, and they weren't taking okay. money back because this is obviously a cap dump. Yep, exactly. Dozier and Bull Bull are both probably going to be waived if they haven't already. Um, oh yeah, and the Magic got your boy cash considerations <laughs> that, that way as well. Which is kind of funny to me because like that. Boston was like, "Yeah, we don't want to pay the luxury tax, but we'll give you a couple million dollars." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, probably less money. They probably did a <laughs> did the accounting on it. It's like, well, we can save about three million dollars doing this or whatever. Okay, good. You right. will you will be able to announce one of the big trades here. I was wondering if I was going to get all the good ones. Kind <laughs> <laughs> uh, of all through. Uh, I, I just I just you like went down the list and was like, oh yep, yeah, the, the, the one at the bottom of my screen here is still uh Webster gets to talk about that one. Um okay. The biggest trade of the day. Uh it's happening. Uh Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a twenty twenty-two unprotected first round pick via Philadelphia, a twenty twenty-seven protected one, which I think is just lottery protection. I don't think it's a very strong protection. Again via mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Uh, heads to Brooklyn. Philadelphia gets James Harden and Paul Millsap. It's over. <laughs> Our long national nightmare is over. Ben Simmons will be playing basketball again, and Harden, which was turning into a bit of a malcontent, is also going to be likely playing basketball again. I don't know what Harden and James Morey have going on, but, you know, and love James is love. James Morey? You want to take a... Oh. a... <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm just forming them together now. Uh, can I they just say, one. like, Brooklyn firmly wins this trade. It is hilarious to me that they get two picks in this. Yeah. Like, in that shows you world, how bad. Like, that shows you how bad they wanted to get off Simmons and make sure they got someone like Harden in return. They got everything they wanted the Nets in this trade. Well, and and like how much of a hard on Daryl Morey has for James Harden, like this. Harden and, and uh, Embiid is not a great fit to me. It's just not. Harden's an isolation player who wants to operate with a pick and roll, and Embiid wants to operate on the low post. Like they don't, you, they don't. Neither one of them wants to like dynamically play with the other naturally. So weird fit for a them. A lot of it's like Harden. I don't feel like fits with a lot of people in this league. No, like a lot of players in this league. So that's Agreed. I think the main part of it. But I do worry that we have seen this show before uh, when the Rockets got Dwight in Harden. And it no, that's un- that is unfair to Embiid. Uh, it's unfair to Embiid. Embiid's definitely better. Harden's definitely worse. But mm, the games don't match well. It's, just, it's just like he's not a role threat the way, like, he's not a dynamic vertical role threat. Not that he can't be. It's just not, like, not what he wants to be. Uh also, Harden has not been in shape. He's like just now rounding into shape. He's been injured a lot. Uh, he's thirty-two years old. So, like, the fact that uh, how old is Ben Simmons? It's like Twenty-three um, or something. I, yeah, it's young. I was gonna say uh, twenty-four. So, uh, yeah, I know he's young as hell. He's he twenty-five. Is, actually. And he's actually twenty-five. So he came over a little older. I always forget that. Um, he was no, he was twenty. It's just been God. So. 
the point is, Ben Simmons <laughs> is 25, so he's seven years younger. And Ben is an all-NBA player and a Defensive Player of the Year candidate when he's, like, actually playing. And uh, he fits perfectly with the Nets. Like, this is an yep, absolutely seamless fit Oof. for the Nets. And the Nets still get two first-round picks. I'm sorry. That is hilarious. Like, because Morey was desperate. That's all it is. He Maury, knew he had to get the like, deal done. A lot of people are like, "Oh God, look at Morey. He, uh, like, he he got exactly what he wanted. If if this is exactly what Morey wanted, and they like once again get knocked out in the second round, that's like really embarrassing. He this got what he not wanted. That he got rid of Ben Simmons and didn't necessarily completely squander the asset. He wasn't traded away for like CJ McCollum. That's but, I think what Morey is considering a win. Sure, he got James Harden in return. But like. This is similar to the uh, to the um, Marvin Bagley discussion, where it's like, where, did you consider any other trades? Yeah, did, like, like is, did you actually would you rather have care about James any Harden other trade or proposals? Tyrese Halliburton? Because if Halliburton was on the table, I'd rather have him personally. Certainly, Halley plus uh, um, like Buddy, Buddy plus like you could have gotten even more out of that and, like, deal. Not, yeah, like, go negotiate with the Kings. They don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> like, you probably could have gotten picks from the Kings. Like, I, just a... Will they uh, be as good of a... My thing with that is, like, will they be as good of a team if they went with that deal as they will with Harden this year? Probably not. But down the road? Well, and I, th- is, I think it's, like, we cannot like, overrate the fact that they gave up Seth Curry. Seth Curry is yeah. really freaking good, and he made a lot of things work for that team. That is a big mm. loss. When uh, I saw... it. When I saw the initial trade, when I saw like Ben Simmons, James Harden, the trade happen, I was like, oh, wow, that's good for the 76ers. Like, they managed to get this done. They, they moved off Ben Simmons. And then I saw they gave up Curry, who has been playing out of his mind since getting traded there, and Drummond, who's actually been incredibly solid. And I think the 76ers fans are a little like, hey, why did we let him go? Like, as well as two first round picks, like, like I said, the Nets got everything they wanted out of this deal for someone who it sounded like was already leaving the soft season anyways. So, yeah, uh, I think they definitely won the trade. If the Nets manage to get Kyrie playing like regularly, Kyrie get the fucking shot. Uh, like if that happens, <laughs> like they're a better team with Ben than they are with Harden, and certainly with Ben and Seth. Uh, Mm-hmm. Whether Andre is going to like start for them on a regular basis, I don't know. But like, yeah, this wasn't close. I think he does. I, I'm he assuming he starts. Like hopefully, he's not the closing guy. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. see him closing. But I think he will probably start and play a good amount of minutes for them, and he'll be perfect for the regular much. season. All right, next All right, one. Map. This one, I honestly, I missed it during the initial run. I kind of stayed off Twitter for a minute. I was doing because it work. happened in the middle of the Ben Simmons trade. Yeah. It's just like in the mess of it. And it, I'm still confused about it. So the Celtics get Derek White, um, mm-hmm. and they traded to the Spurs, Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a 2020 pick that is uh, their 2022 pick that is 1-4 to four protected, as well as uh, the Spurs have the chance to swap first-round picks in 2028. I, I love this for the Celtics. Yes. Like that's the takeaway here. Like Derek White is a good basketball player. Josh Richardson not so much anymore. Romeo Langford, maybe he will be, maybe he won't be. 
Now, they did have to give up a first-round pick in a swap, but Derek White is worth it every single like the week. That, Derek White is a good the, basketball The, like, player. 18th pick, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, Josh Richardson, not a problem to give that up uh, at all. Uh, Derek White is one of the better guard defenders in the league, like one of the five best point-of-attack defenders in the league, mm-hmm. and you're pairing him with Marcus Smart. <laughs> like, that <Yep>. is mean. <laughs> That's that is mean. And Part of me does wonder: is that them saying that they're going to move off? I think Smart is this contract up, or is this contract just never going to end? Oh, I, I think, think he's, I think he's no. got two or three years. I think he just extended. No, he just he just signed an extension. I yeah. take that back. I missed the extension. And the and I the whole thing with Smart is that he's been kind of like their only tradable piece, um, mm-hmm. which is why he keeps being in trade rumors. But he's signed through twenty twenty six. Yes, he is. Uh, um, take back the point I was going to make. On Jeremy Grant money. So, like, that's a good deal. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, less than that because he's got the 8% raises, it looks like. Um, so, he, he'll end on $21 million. So, like, this was just like a slam dunk for the Celtics as far as I'm concerned. Like, the, the picks are not great. Uh, but, like, the 2028 is a swap. It's a swap. Uh, Boston might be back in the doldrums by then. Like, you don't know. But... The odds that the Spurs are going to be contenders by 2028, like Pop is definitely gone then. Yeah. Like, and, and, I mean, and what Jason else? Tatum is still only 23 years old. And <laughs> well, will be like, still only 29 years old by then. What asset do the Spurs have where you're like, man, this is the thing that's going to make them super good in 2028? They don't have it yet. So, like. Nope, not yet. Yet. Uh, the odds of that swap being good, not great. Um,. Yeah, I, I just thought this was a slam dunk for Boston. That's a, a, a great value for Derek White. Uh, the Spurs, like, I think this is fine value for them. I don't think they got mm-hmm. fleeced or anything. Uh, yeah, Romeo Lang could be interesting. Got a first-round pick. Derek White was having a bit of a down year, if I remember correctly. He was pretty hot um, from the bubble and then last year, but he was kind of slumping this year, which could just but be... But the, the thing about know, Derek White is he's yeah. in the similar range to, like, Jeremy Grant, where it's like... He's good. He's not great. He's not going to be the reason you're a winner several years from now. So, like, get some value for him. Mm-hmm. Like, roll the dice again. Figure something else out. You know, on to the next one. Yep. Romeo Langford's a nice reclamation project. You get a first-round pick. You get another first-round yep. pick in the future. You don't have to pay Derek White. Like, it just, it's fine. Uh, yep. You know, it's basically... Right now, their offense was DeJounte Murray and Kelton Johnson anyway. So, like, DeJounte kind of proved that he's more valuable to them than Derek White this year. So, White became more ex- ex- expendable. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one, Phoenix. Uh, decide... Hold on to your hats for this one. <laughs> they, they decide that, you know what? We actually kind of liked Tory Craig after all. And uh, <laughs> they send Indiana, Jalen Smith, and a future second rounder. Uh, Indiana, I guess, gets like some big man depth back after trading away Sabonis. And Phoenix gets another wing, and we know that they love their wings, and they that, love Tory Craig apparently. That. All right. So here's the thing. First off, Jalen Smith has been handled horribly on all sides by the Suns to like a T. Whether it's not picking up the option, him playing well, and now just tossing him out. Can we start with Torrey the fact Craig. that they drafted him where they did, and like, yeah, how like ridiculous that was. All, all everything involved with Jalen Smith has made no sense from. He has done better this year. 
He was good this year, but it was after they already declined the option. And it's yes. like, that's why you take the option on yeah. pretty much any first-round pick. <sighs> yeah. So there's that. On top of it, uh, they're getting back Tory Craig, which I'm going to quote, quote my uh, Indiana Pacers friend <laughs> who said, and I quote, I would have traded Tory Craig for their washing machine, <laughs> which is about the worst thing that you could possibly say about a player <laughs> was you just just go, just leave, just we don't want you here. So, I don't know why the Suns did it, unless they just really like them some Tory Craig. Uh, Craig's having a down that. shooting year a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I take it back. He, he's been, uh, he's fine. But, like, he defends, okay. He hits just enough shots. You know, he, he's just, like, a generally okay basketball player. And, like, you're a playoff team. Just acquiring generally okay basketball players doesn't hurt and you weren't getting anything out of sticks so all right it's time to talk about my my side bitch the wizards ah they finally moved off Montrez harrell and they got back vernon carey ish smith and a future second round pick from the hornets i think this is a great move for both sides i've been saying it all year the wizards have three centers and Montrez is the most tradable one with thomas bryant shortly behind that we got back Vernon Carey, who I still intrigues me. I will take any Duke big man and try and figure it out, as evidenced by earlier in this pod. Bring Ish Smith back home. Ish Smith is well-beloved here in Washington, and we need more guards anyways. Fantastic trade. Would have liked maybe a little bit more than their future second-round pick, but you know yeah, what? I, we had to move him. I mean, Tress has played well for, for Washington, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. yeah, so this feels like terrible value to me. Well, just full he was stop. going anyways. He was gone. <laughs> uh, I mean, is just Washington still trying to win? No. Uh, Beal's out for the year. Where you're not okay. trying to win. Uh, Did you not see the uh, later trade? That I won't get into now. Uh, <laughs> I think all three... Because these are three Wizards trades in a row, and they all are indicative of us not really winning much. Uh, well, you say that. I, so, the next trade here... Aaron Holiday goes to Phoenix for cash considerations. Cash money records. Uh, a, a median guard for money. There's not much to talk about there. Holiday had like a, like a sizably weird, like actual big contract. So this one was like the Wizards, I think, just wanted to get off it just from a money perspective. I think we had just traded for him in the offseason from uh, the Pacers. Yeah, it'd be Indiana. Yep, he's getting paid five mil, which I think is he's essentially like a third Nothing. string guard. Like I do I like I like Aaron Holiday. I saw him hit a like a buzzer beating game winner when he was at UCLA in person. So I will always like Aaron Holiday for that. That's all I got to say on this. Was that back you in your Kansas City network. days? Yes it was. I was sitting courtside at the at the sprint center for that. Webster managed to attend like every th- every like basketball game imaginable. While he was in Kansas City. Which makes no sense, because Kansas City is nowhere near any basketball. But, but I for got, whatever yeah, reason, it was, he just kept was it? sliding off into random places for basketball. I All think right. I paid $130 for courtside seats to see UCLA, Wisconsin, and Baylor Creighton. I think was the other game. I believe that's true. Phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> uh, so right. here you go. Here's Here's your big Wizards trade. Ah, let's go Wizards. I love, I love, I love this trade. This is hilarious. We got rid of, 
Thomas Bertans in his awful contract and Spencer Dimwitty, who could not, he couldn't find water in the ocean recently. And I love Spencer. I like him a lot as a player. He just, if you think Russ is in a shooting slump, Spencer was even farther beyond that corner and managed to get back Kristaps Porzingis and a second round pick because why not? This was, ah, I, Tommy Shepard is an amazing GM and it's moves like this where he has awful contracts. In this case, Spencer was someone that he signed. That's his fault, but he moved off it and look, he's going to probably swap Porzingis in the draft and like get another asset. Like, he has been a phenomenal GM. I love this deal for the Wizards. Ah, oh, can't talk about it enough. You know something that's really funny? Spencer Dinwiddie was shooting better from three than he had in his last three seasons. I think you need to look at the game logs for that, because if I remember correctly, he was just ice cold. He's 31%. He started out hot. Last year was 28.6. Uh, the year before that was 31% again. The year before that, 33. Uh, this is my general reminder to people that Spencer Dinwiddie has never actually been that good at basketball. Well, I don't, I don't yeah. want to say he's never actually been as good as people think he is. Uh, certainly never as efficient as people pretend he is. He's not some mystical shot maker. Uh, he, he's All done right. okay against Detroit, but like, this is hilariously stupid for Dallas. It was laughably stupid. By the way, I want to say real quick, his shooting percentages in the new year. Since he, I think he had COVID that he signed out for. He sh- is shooting 34% from the field and 26% from three on five attempts. That's cool. not good. Cool. That's not good. That's barely less than his average. <laughs> I, that's not good, though. <laughs> it, it's not. He, this is horrible for Dallas. Uh, it is horrible. Dallas had better hope that Davis Bertans is like Spurs Davis, but also like amazing defensively. Like, nope. I, there's just, like, <laughs> no world in which this is a good days. thing. Kristaps has been good this year. He hasn't always been healthy, but when he's been on the court, he's been good this year. Uh, this is terrible. Um, well, the good news for the Mavs is that they still have Luka Doncic, and I just got a message that he has 28 in the first quarter. <laughs> Luka is awesome. We, we've been yeah. over this. Luka's yep. fucking incredible. We talked about it earlier. Uh, <laughs> like... What is Luca getting out of being in Dallas right now? Nothing good. Uh, the answer is money, <laughs> sure. and that's about it. Like this, a lot of money. they have not. They've had him for for this is year four of Luca. Uh, you know he's in the last year of his rookie contract, same as uh, Marvin Bagley, the guy that was taken ahead of him. Just let that one sit for a second. Okay, uh, and uh, you know. He's been like an MVP caliber player, and his best teammate has been half a season of Kristaps Porzingis, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Maxi Kleber. Dirk was still there, but obviously that was dead Dirk. Jalen Brunson. <laughs> was Dirk with no legs. I guess Jalen Brunson's probably the answer. Like Brunson's good, but like also a terrible fit with that. Like, what yeah, are you doing, Mavs? I expected when I when I had seen this, I was like, okay, the Brunson's going somewhere. Brunson's coming to Detroit. I, for I legitimately thought that they were going to turn around and give Detroit Brunson and Bertans and maybe something for Jeremy. I thought that was what yeah. was going to happen. I thought that made sense. 
maybe for both teams it would be not a great result for Detroit to take on uh, Bertans' money, but like that Bertans' contract is horrific. The that's, fact that Tommy Shepard got off that without having to give up any picks and managed to get one back, that was that's the worst contract in the league. It's He's terrible. He's been paid for like another four years, three years, three years. Yeah. He's got three years, fifty million, and he's taken that player optional last year. Yeah, it's it's really terrible. Um, yeah, I, it, it's uh, it's it's yeah. not good. I I don't, I, you know, the interesting thing is like, what happens if uh, you know, if the Mavericks don't trade for Kristaps? You know, I I always like. If you go back further, I, I was just looking at the assets they traded for him in the first place, and it was uh, um, DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., and two picks uh, for uh, mm-hmm. for Kristaps Porzingis. And like, I don't know, I don't know if that gets you anything better. Uh, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. at the time had some value a little bit, but like, I don't, that was never a fit I liked. Period. But it's so much better than what they got back. I I feel bad for Luca. I feel bad for Mavs fans. This is not good. Uh, It is not good for basketball. But it is good for the Wizards, and that kind of makes sense. Like, the, the... Luca being in a winning situation is, like, one of the five best things for basketball. Mm-hmm. Like th- there are not five more players in the whole league that I think are like going to be more fun to watch on a like nightly basis in the playoffs than Luka Doncic. Uh, mm-hmm. So like we for him to be relegated to like this is like oh we're just going to be an eighth seed this year is horrifying. Uh, I, yeah. I, yeah. All right. Uh, last trade of the day. Let's finish up all the trades. I think uh, it is. Daniel Tice. Goes back to Boston for Dennis Schroeder, uh, Ennis Cantor. We are not uh, doing hey, him the service now. of he's been uh, waved. He is free of giving him his fake bullshit name. Uh, and Bruno Fernando go to Houston. Uh, fuck Ennis Cantor. Uh, goodbye. I doubt he gets picked back up by anybody because he sucks uh, and <laughs> he's not a good person. And uh, you know you can find him at CPAC. Because he's a fucking asshole. Uh, shout out to Bruno Fernando and Dennis Schroeder, I guess. I don't care. Uh, I like Daniel <laughs> yeah, Tice. It's really funny that he's back in Boston. Uh, let's just say it was a letdown that this was the last trade of the day, shall we? Yep. And do you want to talk about why it was a letdown? Because I don't want to talk about this trade whatsoever. Uh, so it's a letdown because Jeremy Grant's still here. And playing yep. like shit, for the record. Uh, he's been terrible in this... Uh, Grizzlies Pistons game that's been going on while we do this. Uh, the Pistons are currently down 19 with seven more minutes left in the fourth, and the refs decided that I'm not allowed to watch Killian Hayes today, which is really fun. <laughs> uh, just like randomly decided that everything he does is a foul. It's great. I love it. Uh, so, simple question time. Two years from now, Pistons draft, let's say Chet Holmgren this year. And mm-hmm. they, I don't know, they, I don't know how they spend money next year, but it's they give nice. Jeremy Grant his his uh, extension that he wants twenty five million eight percent raises. He'll hit thirty million by the end of it. What player is Jeremy like? What rank 
of player is Jeremy Grant in the Pistons squad in 2024? You're hoping not in top three. You're hoping maybe even not top four. Like, <laughs> he's going to be, if we resign him to the contract you're talking about, he is going to be the overpaid veteran that we're going to have to trade picks to get rid of at some point if we want to contend to be serious. And is, that sucks. Is Jeremy Grant going to be... Is is a team where Jeremy Grant, Chet Holmgren... You know, let's say Killian Hayes has a good... Has a good uh, Killian or Hami. Uh, development. Yeah. It won't be Hami. Uh, let's let's say that you that Killian becomes like a, a 10, 5, and 8 guy and on decent efficiencies... And your starting lineup is Killian, Cade, uh, Sadiq, Jeremy Grant, and and uh, Chad Holmgren. And that's, you know, all your money is now kind of locked up. Is, is that winning you stuff? How, how much winning do you think you're doing then? Unless Cade Cunningham becomes Let's say one Cade of the Cunningham best goes, becomes freaking Luka Doncic. I don't think that that team is not going places. No. It'll I, make it to the playoffs and be out in the first round. I just don't understand what the... This is another thing where it's like, I don't understand what the vision is for Jeremy Grant. And we've said this before on this podcast and, and many of the... Jeremy is a player that is supposed to be your fourth or fifth, fifth best player where you have an established system and you trade for Jeremy Grant and you plug him into an established system where you have a clearly defined role and you understand how Jeremy Grant's going to play and you put him in that role. And right now, Cade's not in the game, so it's Jeremy Grant's season for Detroit, and we're watching as he pulls the dumbest shit out of his pocket, uh, makes the wrong decision and the wrong read off the catch like four or five times a play, As and it's just like the ball is cycling through his hand. I don't get this, and I'm really frustrated, and I don't understand what I'm supposed to be happy about right now, because we have had an extensive period of time now where Jeremy Grant has actively hurt the Pistons We've, we yeah. talked about it last pod he's a direct threat to any production Sadiq has mm-hmm. uh, those two overlap today. on almost identical level offensively uh, we we know he can't rebound he's not defending anywhere near his, his capabilities in Detroit he hasn't his entire time here uh mm-hmm. He's going to be the highest paid player on your roster pretty quick. Uh, even even after you start spending money. I like This is just really frustrating where you had a chance to very clearly get something. Uh, we got reports that Portland... Uh, I know James reported after the deadline that uh, Portland was by far the noisiest caller. Like There are many reports that there were callers. Nobody will say what the, the deals were because they're all... You know, oh, well, we don't want to say... But, like, there's going to be this fallacy that goes around. We're like, ah, nothing good was offered, which is why you keep him. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you something good was offered. Yep. Like, the, the, I think this is the biggest problem that Troy Weaver has, is that Troy Weaver has his guys. We talked about Marvin Bagley was one of those guys. Hami was one of those guys. Jeremy is also one of those guys. And the problem, I think with Troy is that he gets so in his mind that he wants to bring these guys in and make sure that they stay, that he is not aware of their value enough for when to ship them out. And I think, I am sure that there were great off, not great offers. There were probably some good offers on the tables. And 
the most frustrating thing is that the value for Jeremy Grant declines every single day. The longer that we wait to trade him, this contract's going to be done. You have to sign to the extension that we're all afraid of. Like, it's not good not trading him. And I like Jeremy. I think he doesn't fit with this team, but I, as a basketball player, he's fine with me. He can do some things that are good. But we can't keep having him be on this team when he's going to be probably in his, what, early 30s once we start to actually do something. And he's just going to be taking up cap room and the ball, and it's not going to be good for I mean, either it does, us It doesn't or even him. matter, right? It does, it, none of the age thing doesn't even matter. It's he's taking up cap room. He's going to be – and, like, what level of productivity does he have to get to to actually be worth the contract he's going to ask for? And, like, the best-looking Jeremy Grant has ever been is, like, 20 points, three rebounds, three assists. Like that's that's what he, like that's not actually that much productivity, right? That's the same level of like actual production as like a ten point eight assist guy. So like, you're not getting superstar levels of production. You're paying him top three, top four player money, and so far he's shown that like he doesn't want to fit into a role within the team. He just wants to, like. And I don't think it's selfishness. I just think he doesn't process the game correctly for the role he's in. And mm. we're at a point now where you have to start asking questions of what does this team look like if I keep Jeremy Grant? And, you know, what? Do, how does Jeremy Grant become worth the money? Well, first he's got to recover his efficiencies, right? Because he's been shit uh, in terms mm-hmm. of efficiencies this year. He's got to get back to being a 37% three-point shooter. He's not even close right now. He's got to be an efficient at-rim scorer. He can't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, he's got to make sensible assists. You know, so he's got to be an efficient player. Okay, he's got to play defense. And then, all right, he's back to being his like the best we've seen him in Detroit. Is that worth nearly $30 million? I, I don't know, like... How how dissimilar is this from when Reggie Jackson is here and Reggie Jackson's producing as like, you know, a top twenty point guard, you know? Like he's a he's a clear starting point guard, maybe not the best, but like mm-hmm. everyone's pissing and moaning because he's making seventeen million dollars a year or whatever it was. Yeah. Like it's like we don't want to be in that same spot. This there, is and there was a much more obvious structure around re- what Reggie was. Like there was a plan for Reggie that made sense. When we signed Reggie, it made sense. We were on a specific, like we were on a track at that time. Yeah. With Jeremy, it's like he doesn't fit on the track that we're on. Doesn't make sense. He, he's weighing, he's the the caboose in the back that's weighing us down in terms of that. And that's no disrespect to Jeremy, but it just, I get that he likes it here. I get that we like him and what he's brought to the table. But long term, it just, it doesn't make sense. And I don't know why... I'm sure someone like the Bulls had an offer on the table that it might not have been the offer that we wanted. It might not have been the, you know, Derek Williams and a pick that I was dreaming for. But at some point, you just got to move off the asset. I don't see Jeremy Grant improving his value any more than he ha- he was at this deadline. Nope. He was, after what, like one thirty two o'clock, he was the bell of the ball. He was the top player that Should've was Should have been. But it sounds, it sounds pretty much like like the GM said, ah, I'm not going to trade him unless you blow me out of the water. And, like, that worked for Daryl Morey and James Harden somehow. But, like, 
that can't be your fucking default. Your yeah. de- your default <laughs> position can't be I have an asset. I'm going to put it up on the market for 110% of its like you don't nothing people things don't sell in the market for that. Not unless you've got a mm-hmm. name brand somehow that like is worth too much. Like you 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 trying to 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 sell a set a sweatshirt at like supreme prices. It's got a Nike logo on it. Like bring it, bring it down. What what are you doing? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, Pete, so far it really feels like the Pistons have seen successes in spite of themselves. Uh, you know, we, we kind of ignore the fact that like, yeah, the Pistons lucked out drafting, uh, uh, Isaiah Stewart. We, we mm-hmm. don't talk about the fact that like they gave up a pick for that. Yep. Like th- there is a cost to it. And by the way, Isaiah Stewart has been like a revelation in terms of what he was thought to be pre-draft. He's not good so far. He's the only player yeah. on the team that's been more consistently harmful to the team than Jeremy Grant. Now we think that we can see a, a fit for him in part because like, he's clearly not going to cost that much, etc. But like, that's your big, like, uh, Sadiq Bay is really good. We like that. We gave up multiple second round picks and Luke Kennard to get Sadiq Bay. Like, mm-hmm. It wasn't like that was just found money. It wasn't like that was the draft pick we had and we just drafted Sadiq Bay. We gave up assets for that. Like, we are not operating in some significant surplus. We gave up assets for Hamidou Diallo. Hami's really fun, but, like, we're also watching Hami give up just as many points defensively as you are gaining offensively. Uh, Dwayne Casey's like yelling at him constantly because he's not doing the right thing. Like right now, the Pistons, we the change feels good. Every time we see change, it feels good because we suck, <laughs> yep. and we want hope. But we're That's what not Bagley represents. turning a profit on any of this. Yeah. If it weren't for Cade Cunningham, none mm-hmm. of our assets since Ed Stefanski got here have turned a profit. And we have to start like asking when that's going to happen. Is it going to happen because there's a, a developmental surge somewhere? Maybe like Sadiq Bay might finally be in a point where like he's clearly just better than Luke Kennard. That hasn't really consistently been the case so far. And we just, I, I am very tired of hearing, well, Troy wants this. People tell me, oh, Troy's thinking this. You don't fucking know Troy. Even if you mm-hmm. did know Troy, he could lie as it. Like, when Troy goes into a press conference, and if he told me today, ah, you know what? We really love Chet Holmgren. He's on the top of our board. Cool. I'm going to start asking why you're telling me that. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, pe- people keep telling me they know what Troy's thinking. And, like, so far Troy's track record is passable drafting, terrible trades, uh... Sketchy free agent stuff. Question: mm-hmm. We don't really know what the team he's building looks like. And we haven't turned no a significant yeah. profit. It's just like Dwayne Casey. People give Dwayne Casey a lot of credit, and we haven't really seen, like, major returns. We're still waiting for Troy Weaver to, like, do the thing that says, like, this, <laughs> this is the GM that, like, figured out a loophole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trading away assets to get slightly marginally better draft assets because you're good at drafting is only good if you don't trade away everything to get that and the way you do that is by trading jeremy grant while he's at the peak of his value 
for those assets before mm-hmm. he becomes not an asset. Like, uh, just it, this is very frustrating because I want to hope, <laughs> I want to be positive. And so far, the most positive thing I have is a guy from the Kings might be better here. Yeah. And let me tell you, that is not a lot of faith that that, that yeah. inspires. Detroit has gotten a lot of help by us winning the lottery, us getting Gage Cunningham and not being stuck with like a Jalen Suggs or even like a Jalen Green. Imagine and... if we drafted Jalen Green like everybody hyped up. Yeah. I never thought Troy was silly enough to do that, but like imagine if people had gotten what they wanted there. Imagine how fucking depressing this season would be. It's already depressing. And, and you could say that, and you could say if we had gotten Josh Green instead of Sadiq Bay. As I watch freaking Luca Garza like, miss a freaking layup at the rim. Like, those are the two biggest successes, I think, that Troy has had in his tenure. And they're very close to being a lot worse. And I can't think of a whole lot of other great things during that time. So... Nope. As the Pistons lose by 16, 16, 26, I mean, math is hard, looks like 26. That's a lot. After a quite disappointing trade deadline, do you have anything left to add? No, we'll, I don't know, I don't know if we're going to do a, uh, do you want to do a, a Bagley pod this uh, weekend, we'll or do you want to wait week. and see him play a little I'll bit be... first? We'll, we'll, we'll. Hopefully see, I think he's supposed to play Monday here in D.C., I think is the rumor. You can get tickets. Um, you can give us the first-hand experience. Those tickets are going to, they, they can only cost like $4. <laughs> if it was any other day than Valentine's Day, I would be there. It hurts me. But, hey, me what? being in a relationship the, has gotten me the, 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 bad the, the lady doesn't want to see such greatness as the debut in a Pistons uniform for Marvin Bagley the third. She has other plans for me. Okay. <laughs> I'll be catching that game on replay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, okay. <laughs> so, may, maybe uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, then we'll do a Marvin Bagley pod and cover it when I'm not so pissed. Yep. But I'm Hopefully pissed. we get to see him just ball out against the Wizards. I don't think it's going to happen, the Wizards. That is the worst possible scenario. For the record, that is the worst possible scenario. Because uh, yeah. he's not he's not going to keep balling out. So the one moment of validation for people that asked for this, followed by like three weeks of misery as he like acclimates... Because that's going to happen. Like, there's going to be a down period. Even if he turns... Even if this comes good, there's going to be a down period. And, like, having to listen to the Marvin Bagley stands for weeks on end is going to suck. I don't want it. That's why I stay off Twitter. You don't it's stay not, off Twitter. But... You fucking lurk. You liar. I really don't. Sort of you time lurk. Alright. <sighs> this wraps up Deadline Diaries Part two, the Marvin Bagley Boogaloo. Uh, we'll we'll see y'all. See you guys later. later. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.